When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Marnie Vinge, and this is Irioki. Join me and my friends as we explore the darker side of the Sooner State. All right, so this is Irioki, and I'm Marnie Vinge, and I'm here today with Will Lamance, right? Lamance. Lamance. Okay. Yeah. I'm really bad at pronouncing names, so I'm sorry about no, that. No, that's okay. Nobody gets it right the first time. Yeah. So tell everybody who you are and what it is that you do, because it's really cool. <laughs> okay. Uh, so my name is Will, and I am I, I run Dystopia Rising in Oklahoma. Um, and what that is, is that is a post-zombie apocalypse, um, live-action role-playing, weekend-long event. Um, you... Uh, you know, we we hold it um, about nine times a year, okay. uh, right out right off of Lake Texoma, and uh, from Friday night to Sunday, everybody gets to come out and you know see if they actually survive in the post zombie apocalypse. Which is so cool to me. <laughs> I think that's so fun because I'm like a huge Walking Dead fan, and like I think everybody wants to think that they would survive the zombie apocalypse. Like everybody wants to think they'd be like Daryl. Yeah, but yeah. I would be more like. I'm trying to think of somebody who's not as desirable to be on there. But I, w- I would definitely be that person, <laughs> like the non-Daryl. Well, and, you know, most most folks aren't Daryl, and yeah. that's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, one of, the, one of the cool things about it is that um, everybody gets to decide how they want to contribute. Um, there's some people that, you know, the main thing they want to do is go out and, you know, bust zombie skulls, and other people are like, well, maybe I'll hang back, maybe I'll, I'll help in other ways, maybe I'll, I'll heal, or maybe I'll be the person that helps get you the equipment you need, because, mm-hmm. like, the, the build of the, like, the game itself is very pro-social, like, one person can't do everything. Right. Okay. That's really, that sounds really cool. Like, I, I've got to try this. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've never done live-action role-playing or anything. I've done Dungeons & Dragons. Cool, cool. So it's kind of... Is it psychologically similar to that in that you're a character yeah. and... Okay. It's... Uh, so you get to decide what you want to play. Okay. Um, you create your own character. And, you know, you decide what, what outfit you want to wear. Um, we all use... Uh, instead of uh, with, with Dungeons & Dragons, you use dice to decide your, mm-hmm. your problems or you, you role-play it out. Um, and you would say... I walk over and I stab the kobold. Instead, you would like walk over and actually hit it with a stick. Okay. Um, when when I say stick, I mean they're like it's the equipment's padded. It's it's yes. made out of foam. No one's getting hurt. <laughs> yeah, some of it looks really real, um, but uh, you know it's all it's genuinely physical. It's genuinely an, an athletic endeavor. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, nobody's nobody's uh, you know getting their head knocked off. Yeah. Thankfully. Oh, it's kind of warm in the studio today. I'm like, huh, got to take off the jacket. Okay, um, so today we're going to talk about something that kind of ties into Dystopia Rising. And I, when um, I wanted to do a podcast with Will, like from the minute I found out about Dystopia Rising, because I was like, this is so cool. And I don't think a lot of 
like no one that I have talked to about it had knew what it was. Right. And so I was like, I want people to know what this is. Like, yeah. Yeah. We're, we're definitely niche. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, uh, once people get introduced to the idea, they're like, that that sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. Because I don't even think I would have known to even look for it. Like, if that makes sense, I wouldn't yeah. have even... I mean, as interested as I am in the apocalypse and, like, zombies and all that stuff, I never would have thought, hey, I could go spend several weekends a year doing this. Like, mm-hmm. so it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely when... You know, when when The Walking Dead came on or, you know, the first time you see Mad Max, you're like, yeah, I'd be awesome. I'd be like, oh, yeah, you know, a warlord somewhere. <laughs> yeah. And you get to find out if that's really true. <laughs> yeah. Or if you enjoy like um, like with with your content, it's lots, a lot of uh, like scary, scary mm-hmm. stuff. And people enjoy that. And sometimes, uh, you know, it's. It's not always a thing you can do in a safe place. Like, yeah. if you're going to go, like, explore urban ruins, yeah. like, there's nobody around to make sure that's safe. Exactly, yeah. But with Dystopia Rising, like, we were not that entire campsite, and from Friday night to Sunday, like, it's the apocalypse. You know, there's zombies, mm-hmm. there's Mad Max-style raiders, there's, you know, environmental hazards, there's people that you help, yeah. um, people that might try to scam you. Um, oh, my gosh. And it's all, but it's all consensual. Like, we're all... Yeah we're all portraying roles mm-hmm. and then it, we, we step out of those roles at the end of the weekend and like, mm-hmm. you know, hi, I'm Will. Yeah. You know, I'm the zombie that ate your face. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. So, um, today we're going to be talking about the apocalypse coming to Oklahoma. And, um, when, when I wanted to do this podcast with Will, I had this idea because when I was in the ninth grade, um, I had this history teacher who, I don't know if he intended to scare us all to death, But he pretty much did. Um, Well, at least he scared me. Um, He showed us a map that was from, like, probably the Cold War. And it was what if a nuclear bomb hit Oklahoma City and, like, where the fallout would be. And, like, if you live here, your house is gone. Like, that kind of, all that kind of stuff. And so um, that has always stuck with me. And I think maybe that's, like, where I got that interest in this sort of thing. And around that same time, I read the book Alas, Babylon. And I don't okay. know, have you read I, that I, book? I'm unfamiliar with it. Okay. Last Babylon is basically this story about a nuclear apocalypse in the United States um, pre-1990. It's like somewhere back be- before that time. Um, and it's set in Florida, I believe. And okay. like the devastation is so bad that the person who becomes president that's like next in line to become president is the secretary of education, I believe. Okay. Like, so, so enough of the cabinet is gone that that's like the next person in line. Right. Um, so it's pretty, it's, and I think that they don't find out that like they can't find out what's going on in any other part of the nation for quite some time. And, um, so it's, it's, there are great descriptions of what life in an apocalyptic scenario would be. There's no zombies, but lots of interesting stuff about right. like radiation and all that stuff. Um, so, it, and that's significant. It was significant. The map was, I don't know if y'all know this, but Tinker is considered to be an area of interest in those maps because of the AWACS planes. And I didn't know that. Um, I see those all the time by my house, like right. the AWACS with yeah. the big radar on it. And I didn't know this until today that they, um, it stands for Airborne Warning and Control System. And um, these planes have, they have a little radar thing that sticks up. Um, and one... AWACS aircraft flying at 9,000 meters or 30,000 feet can cover an area of 312,000 kilometers or 120,000 square miles. Wow. Um, so, like, three of these aircrafts with, like, 
overlapping orbits could cover the entire um, entirety of like Central Europe to like monitor what's going on. Oh, cool! And so, so it's so it's a good thing when you see the AWACS planes flying <laughs> right? around. That's that's super impressive. <laughs> yes, yeah, I didn't know that. So I was like, that makes me feel a little bit better. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that uh, that when I found out that that could happen here, I mean, I know that anything could happen here, like whatever, but. To know that that was an area of interest in those maps was very disturbing to fourteen-year-old me. Like I was, I was, I yeah. was pretty, yeah. And that's that's kind of funny because um, my, you know, growing up, the uh, like the threat of the apocalypse, at least in you know, because I'm I'm from Southern Oklahoma originally, and like the the threat of the end of the world was always looming, mm-hmm. you know, at least, uh, that was what was given to me, you know, on yeah. a weekly basis. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. And I, I, when I was in, I think it was about 16 when I picked up my first like pulp adventure novel that was set in the, the, you know, post-apocalyptic wasteland of like, uh, and you know, that kind of like latched on cause it was a bit, you know, super radiate, everything's irradiated and it was, uh, you know, with that, with that dash of like Mad Max road warrior kind of thing. And, you know, that's for me, um, that's where my kind of fascination with what it looks like down the road. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's very fascinating, especially for, um, those of us living at this time where we haven't ever known a time when there wasn't the ability to communicate with someone when you needed to, or like, um, and people even younger than me who have never known life without the internet. And yeah. so, you know, I mean, it's kind of like, I can remember there was one week, um, I think it was in 2007, there was an especially bad ice storm in Norman. And okay. it yeah. like took out power everywhere for a whole week. So like internet, cable, power, like we were um, living off of like, soup that we could put on our gas stove and like you know it was it was stuff like that because we didn't have any power and um I remember it felt very it was very isolating and like it felt very desperate like even though you knew that everything was going to come back to the way that it is supposed to be it was still and you know it's amazing how quickly you know people realize you know how dependent they are on the 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 systems that we've we've built to make life as easy as it is yeah um, and because of that, like if I were to say, okay, now you now you need to grow your own wheat, that's yeah, that's an alien concept for oh, yeah. a lot of people. Yeah, and I was thinking about that with uh, this season of The Walking Dead. I don't know. Do you watch The Walking Dead? Uh, I'm not current. I'm not current, okay. but uh, I, I do oh, watch. I won't give any spoilers, but a <laughs> lot of um, what's going on right now is like rebuilding the infrastructure of society. And it occurred to me as I was watching that that like if somebody was like, we need. Um, to rebuild the internet or we need to rebuild the highways, I would be like, I don't know how we're going to do that. Like, I don't, I personally don't know how to get us from zero to that again, like, or how long that would take. Right. And so how interconnected we are and how, like, one of the wonderful things about how our society is right now is that we can hyper specialize in things and be really good at things. Um, and have like a, a giant depth of knowledge, but when you have to like have like one person that takes care of so much, it means that you're going to miss things. Yeah. And uh, uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's oh, it's like I'm I'm like oh, I hope I hope there's not an apocalypse. Um, so there are some terms that are associated with the nuclear blast, and I thought this was interesting. 
Um, the bright flash, which is like the initial, like that moment that it happens, um, can cause temporary blindness for less than a minute. And then there's the blast wave, which is like whatever comes out from that. Um, that can cause death, injury, and damages to structures several miles out from the blast. Um, radiation can cause damage to cells of the body. Large exposures can cause radiation sickness. And then that book I read, Alas Babylon, um, I believe that one of the characters had some jewelry that got radiation in it. Mm -hmm. And she was wearing one of the rings and she ended up getting like sick and dying because it, I mean, it made her so sick. And there were, there was something in the plot that had to do with that, with the ring, but, um, fire and heat. I didn't know this, but like there is fire and heat that goes out several miles. Um, an electromagnetic pulse. I found this interesting. Um, did you see the movie, the I think it's called The Fifth Wave, about yeah. the alien I think invasion, so. kind of apocalypse situation. Yeah. And they send out an EMP, and it, like, deadens all the cars, the cell phones, computers. Like, they don't have any way to communicate with each other. And so then, like, the aliens come in, and they're like, hey, we're going <laughs> to take over right, now. <laughs> right, Yeah. And I, I think, I don't know what is more, you know, terrifying in that circumstance, the, you know, the, the extraterrestrial invasion or not being able to, you know, check your Instagram yeah. feed. <laughs> I was thinking not being able to contact your loved ones, but you know, Instagram feed like, it can be equally terrifying. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> not being able to get that hit of dopamine. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then there's fallout, which is the radioactive visible dirt and debris, which is what you always hear about and what you hear about like fallout shelters, um, which made me think of Blast from the Past with Brendan Fraser, which I loved that movie. I loved Brendan Fraser a lot. I love him. I, uh, I still love him. Like I, I, like I hope that he makes a comeback. He's like, he's back. Like, is he? Yeah. Have you seen? No. Uh, oh, uh, Doom Patrol. No. It's, uh, it's on the DC. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. Like I'm gonna have to watch it. You, you absolutely should. Yeah. Like I'm it's, a huge, it's good to have him back. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Especially like everything he went through and um, yeah. I'm a huge Brendan Fraser fan. I was like a, I was obsessed with the Mummy movies. Those were really solid. They Those are really solid. solid. They yeah. still like still to this day. Like if it's on TV, I will. There are a handful of movies that if it's on TV and I catch it, I'm like, okay, this is what we're doing for the next, like, hour and a half. And so with The Mummy, like, The Mummy's all about, like, uh, you know, kind of solving a problem that's been around for a long time and, like, taking all this, like, lore and all these little bit little pieces of information and, you know, diving into tombs, Indiana Jones style, um, which that's that's timeless. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, and actually, there's a fair bit, like, we do a little bit of that at, uh, at Dystopia Rising. Oh, cool. Um, you know, we set up areas where you're exploring, you know, parts mm -hmm. of the parts of the, the dead world. That's cool. And, uh, you know, it's it's very cool. Like, yeah. Yeah. That is, that is so cool. And we're going to, we are totally going to, for those of you that are listening right now and are like, we want to hear more about Dystopia Rising, we're going to get there and we're going to give you lots of Dystopia Rising stuff. <laughs> so, um so one of the things that I looked up, um, there is a website called the, which I don't know exactly what this name means, and it's kind of kind of spooky, but it's called the Nuclear Secrecy Blog, and um, they have an interactive map where you can go and you can put the blast radius anywhere in the world that you want to, and you can tell it like how big the bomb is, and you can see on a map like where the um like where all of those things i just talked about like the um blast wave the radiation the fire and heat it shows you where all of those things would be based on that i that's a really useful tool it is yeah, yeah. i thought i i think that um i think it probably is something that uh like i know someone who is a prepper 
And um, like I, I used to, it was really funny because when I was doing the research for this, um, let me see, there was something that came up that I thought was really interesting. Um, oh, okay. So on ready.gov, when I was looking at the pandemic information, ready.gov had like four things that they told you to do. <laughs> there were like four things. Oh dear. And then uh, there was this website called Happy Preppers and they had like all kinds of stuff that you could do. <laughs> longer list, I'm guessing. Yes, yeah. definitely longer list. Like they had, um, they had definitely put a lot of thought into it. And I was like, man, I, I'm not sure that I want to discount this. This is some good information. <laughs> but yeah, so this nuclearsecrecy.com slash nuke map is where you can go if you want to see where it's all going to happen. I did this for um, OKC with a medium-sized bomb, like around Tinker. Um, and I think that depending on the size of the bomb, like there were some that were really, really tiny. Like I didn't know this, but people can actually have handheld nuclear devices. There's a lot. There's a lot of different ones. Yeah. 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 And then there's ones that are all the way up to so huge that it would take out like half the state, like pretty much like, um, so you can, you can do that. You can see like, it's kind of interesting, like kind of a cool thing to look at if it doesn't freak you out too much, which when I was in ninth grade, that would have scared me to death. Like when I, um, had my existential crisis when I was in, I think I was in 12th grade and I was in astronomy class and we were talking about how the sun was going to burn out someday. And I was like, Oh my God. And I was, I like panicked. I was like, it was, it was like this. And it wasn't for me. Like I knew that it not for me, but like for the life that might be like, it it was, it was sad, sad, but, um, so places that would be probably safe in Oklahoma, I've mentioned the panhandle on here before because that's where my family is from. Um, but that's like my mom and I have talked about this several times, like in speculative conversations, like talking about the walking dead and like, where would you go if this happened? And I think the panhandle would be really great because it's, there's lots of land. Like it's, um, the only problem would be getting there though. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like the highways would be backed up. I mean, it would be, uh, I don't know. I think it would, oh, so scary. I think I have a friend that has land out in the panhandle. At least I think that's what they told me at one point. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll have to, you know, yeah. build a bunker out there or something. Yeah, exactly. Which um, I think one of my family members probably has a bunker out there. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> but uh, so like another instance of society coming to a standstill that I thought this, we kind of touched on this, like how much we depend on things. Um, so on this website that I looked at, that was the, um, I believe it was ha- from Happy Preppers, which that, that's kind of a fun name. Um, <laughs> I, I thought this was interesting because they broke down like how it would go down if there was a pandemic and how it would shut down society because they were like, people don't think about, um, like that you probably won't be able to get gas because so many people will not be going to work that there will be people who work at the gas station, not going to work. And like, you know, everything just gradually right. kind of goes away, like the electricity and water and stuff like that. And so, so I'm going to read this that, uh, which is what they had on the website and they said, this is how it will go down. A pandemic can quickly, um, let's see, services can quickly shut down from a pandemic as people huddle at home or at the hospitals to deal with the immediate problems. The domino effect will be in place. People will swell into hospitals and care facilities. Hospital staff will bring home the pandemic, whether it's the medical staff, the food staff, the janitorial or administrative staff. 
Many will choose to stay at home rather than risk their lives. Gas stations could shut down as employees no longer return to work. The store shelves will be empty as trucks will not have will not have enough gas to deliver groceries anymore. Um, employees will not be available to load or unload trucks even if there was enough gas. Soon water and electricity will halt as the grid shuts down of lack of manpower. And there's also a video series that was done by National Geographic called After Armageddon that I feel like is a good kind of, it breaks it down like a bunch of different ways that this could happen, like what, how it would shut society down if there was some huge pandemic or something like that. So, but yeah. Um, So tell me more about Dystopia Rising. Okay. Um, So uh, So how'd you get involved in it? Okay. Um, So a while back, I've, I've been you know, a LARPer, like a live action role player since I was like 18, 19. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and for I've anybody kinda... who doesn't really, isn't really familiar with that, what's, uh, how can you kind oh, okay. of explain that to someone? <clears throat> so if, uh, you know, if you've ever wanted to kind of play out your, your own character, like if you've ever been in a, in a movie theater and you've told somebody not to go through that door or you know you've been you know, you've you've been screaming like no no they obviously this person did it not this one, um, that's you know that's the goal right you, to be able to make your own choices for your own characters and <clears throat> so there are people that play like video games and you can you know control who you shoot you can control you know where the blocks fall and there are people that do like uh, tabletop role playing games where you you know you dive through dungeons you 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 beat up skeletons. And you can take a lot of that and bring it into a real space. Um, also, it's kind of similar to, like, the, the murder mystery dinners. I was just going to bring that up, yeah. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of, like, options to have a immersive experience where we take a space, we decorate it like, like the wasteland, and... Uh, you know, we, we bring the cost, we bring, we bring the props, the set decoration, you bring your costume. Um, and, uh, then you, then you get started. It's, um, an opportunity to tell a story that you want to tell. Um, you know, we, we provide the backdrop and we have story content that's going out continually throughout the event. Like you don't just show up and, you know, try and, you know, build a farmhouse or something. Mm -hmm. Um, we, every episode that we have, We've got a team of writers that create content that we send out uh, multiple times an hour, and there are there's a, there's a cast of extras that physically portray those roles. So if someone's like, "Hey, Timmy fell down a well, we need your help," um, and that's only a trap like seven out of ten times. Yeah, <laughs> um, I can imagine. The other three out of ten, like there's yeah. legitimately somebody okay. in a well that you need to rescue. Um, and some of these are very, uh, very physical tasks. Some of these are very mental tasks. Um, and sometimes it's all about the interaction, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the, the social scavenging, yeah. as, as you will. Yeah. Um, but for, for playing a character in Dystopia Rising, for, for playing a live-action role-playing character, um, you kind of, like, my first one was just me, but with superpowers, like a mm-hmm. little cooler. Yeah. Um, and... It's the opportunity to create your own story that's in a world that somebody else is curating, basically. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, one of the cool things is we allow our uh, our players to submit their own character backgrounds, and 
like integrate them into our setting. That's so, so cool. yeah, right? Yeah. So if like say your uh, you or your family like successfully robbed one of the casinos that are still around mm-hmm. um, in your background and that's why you're coming to this, you know, zombie boom town mm-hmm. um, in the the middle of the, the Sequoia Waste, which is what we call Oklahoma. And uh, maybe Maybe problems wind up showing up. Wind up showing up because of the your past. Okay. And people people love that stuff. So it's kind of like um, they have the care. Like they would create that story. That's like the potentially robbing the casinos and everything. And then your writers that might adapt that into like the backstory going mm-hmm. on that might create problems for. Okay, that is really cool. Yeah. <laughs> like that is awesome. And uh, it's 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 definitely a chance for you to you know do something you don't do normally yeah. you know, to kind of get out it's we've we've got like bunks and showers and all that stuff mm-hmm. at the campsite um or you can just camp in a tent that's fine um but it's a chance to live the apocalypse without like you know having to worry about you know your your atm card working you know? yeah 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 for <laughs> sure um there was something i was just going to ask you about that um about the writers Okay. So they're working on it while the event is going on, or um, is it all done before the event? So that's actually a really good question, okay. because um, we have a, a schedule and, a, a, like, a, a content map. Like, we have an outline for the event, and then we fill that with, with content. And in a video game or in a TV show, um, those decisions get made way in advance. Right. Um, so, like, in really, really, really elaborate video games, you get a handful of choices. Mm-hmm. Um, in, on, on TV, you don't get a choice. You're just watching it. Yeah. But with us, even if uh, when, we, when we write it out, we try to be robust in the options that we present. But also because I'm there as the, you know, head story writer and my writing team is also there, a, a lot of them. Mm-hmm. You know, they also play. Mm-hmm. Um, if someone throws a curveball and, you know, say they, they try and make a deal with some shady organization that I actually didn't anticipate, yeah. um, I, I adjust. And it's, it's this way that they have real agency. They have real control over right. the story. Right. Um, so it's not just kind of like hand wavy kind of, oh, we, we were along for the ride. It's like, no, they decide what the ride is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the difference between, it's not just like choose your own adventure. It's like, you're actually in it. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. And so that's really, so can your character die? Yes. Um, so the way that works right now is that everybody is a survivor, a descendant of a survivor from the initial uh, zombie outbreak. Cause okay. there's, uh, there was a, a zombie apocalypse, right? Mm-hmm. And nobody's a hundred percent just a normal person anymore. Um, and initially that was a design choice that let people like get beaten up and patched up and go right back out into play. Because yeah. normally if you get shot a bunch of times, you're kind of done. Yeah. Or if you get, you know, clawed up by a monster, you're kind of done. Yeah. Um, so this is a, you know, it sidelines you for a handful of minutes mm-hmm. instead of your interaction for nine months. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that you can keep playing the game. Mm-hmm. And uh, also... Sense. Also because of this, um, all the characters have um, this ability to kind of pull themselves back together after they've uh, ceased biological function um, because they all carry a different uh, strain of the infection. Mm -hmm. So um, 
and one of the uh, concessions to the the LARP format is that when uh, when a character or a zombie or an irradiated creature or whatever gets killed, um, they they put their hand on their head to signify that they don't exist anymore. Okay. Um, and that's because we have a limited amount of actual people portraying those. Yeah. Um, and uh, you don't want to actually kill your your cast members because that means a lot less repeat business. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> that's important. And so when they put their hand on their head, it's the assumption is that the body just disintegrates. It gets reabsorbed back into um, the world. And there's this thing called the the grave mind. And it is a uh, it's a concept of much debate in the in the setting. Yeah. Um, Because what happens is people basically pull themselves back together of their constituent parts and like pop back up. They, like, respawn in a, in a okay. different location. Okay. Um, now, depending upon what sort of character you choose, you may be able to do that lots and lots of times. Yeah. Or maybe just once. Okay. So, uh, death is absolutely a, a part of the story, mm-hmm. but it's, you know, if you decide to, you know, chase every scream in the woods, maybe you're going to experience that side of the story more than others. Yeah. Um... And if you're, like, but also, like, the infection rating that you, like, out of character, like, you as a player, like me as well, I know how many times I can, you know, have my character die and come right, back. Right, right. The characters don't necessarily know. Okay. It's, it's It's opaque. It's not yeah. 100% clear. Um, because sometimes the characters just give up. Like, they're like, eh, I'm done. I'm done mm-hmm. living. Yeah. And so, maybe, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, also, what happens is that they get the uh, the opportunity to kind of live through, um, like their their body, like pulling itself back together, and their yeah. their uh, their their brain starting to rewire itself and preparing to be alive again. So, um, we we have this thing called a grave mind scene, and it's one of the few times that you actually get to be one on one with the story staff, and they kind of. It's very much the an opportunity for personal character development where you get to relive, you know, past traumas and, like, explain why, oh, this is why my character is, you know, so afraid of this. This is why my character yeah. always runs into the fight. And, yeah. And it's really cool because a lot of times when you're, you've, you've put all this effort into building a character and you're like, well, I'm... You know, I'm Broody McBruderson, and I don't, I don't talk a lot out there in the world. Yeah. Um, I've got this dark background. Um, you want to share that with somebody, mm-hmm. and this is it's, it's kind of one of those opportunities to do That's that. That's cool. That's really cool. So, like, about how many people play? Um, so it really depends. Our last event, we had uh, 98 people. That is a lot of people. Wow. That was our that was our season closer. Yeah. Um, and, and it runs. Uh, I think we talked about that a little bit. Um, it's like through from September through May. Is that mm-hmm. right? Okay, and it's one weekend. Each month? Correct. Okay. Correct. And it's all weekend? Yes. It's okay. from... So we... The game starts at uh, like 10 o'clock that night. That's okay. That's when you go into the world. Okay. And then it ends Sunday at noon. Okay. Um, you know, people... We let... People start showing up as early as 3 o'clock to like set up their, their props and set, you know, mm-hmm. like grab their bunk and make sure that yeah. they've got all this stuff. And pe- there are some people that bring in like their own personal prop loadouts mm-hmm. that like they build a, a mining camp 
or like a barracks. Yeah. Um, and they there's a there's a lot of prop work that goes into this, and it's, it's like it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Tell um tell them about the um, I say them. It's like we're sitting in a room by ourselves, and I'm talking about people that will hear this after it's recorded. It feels so weird. But tell them about the stuff that you brought to show to me. The, oh, um, right. Props. Um, so what we've got is I brought a couple of the uh, like the of our of our, our weapons basically. So every every weapon at Dystopia Rising is designed to be contact safe, and what that means is I can hit you with it, and I'm not actually going to hurt you. Um, you're going to feel it um, so that you can count off the damage in your head. But the goal is that. You know, even if somebody gets a little too enthusiastic while they're swinging a, a foam mm-hmm. weapon, then they're not actually going to hurt anyone. Right, right, yeah. Um, you know, most of our uh, most of our hazards are people not walking where they can see their feet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we 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 kind of harp on don't run backwards. Yeah. Um, because there's some people that use like uh, ranged weapons, like they use we use Nerf guns and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so they'll try and run backwards. Yeah. And <laughs> that that doesn't work out yeah. too well because like in, in Dystopia Rising, uh, we can fix you being full of bullet holes, full of stab wounds, but yeah. we can't fix a twisted ankle. Yeah. Yeah, that's real world damage that you won't come back from. You won't get to play. That won't be fun. Well, yeah, well, yeah, and we we try to be as safe as possible. Yeah. Um, so what I brought is a couple of um, basic weapons. They're you know golf club cores with polypropylene based foam, and they're they're squishy. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that I brought are uh, a set of my personal weapons um, that. I had made for one of the characters that I rarely ever play because it's my personal character, and I, mm-hmm. I tend to get like I really love running the story. Yeah. Um. So people are like, "Oh, Will doesn't get to play his characters." I'm like, yeah. I enjoy what I do. Like I right, enjoy right, it right. a lot. Yeah. Um. But these are actually uh, they're really cool. Yeah. They're it's a, it's a pair of matched um, foam swords. And uh, so do they stick together magnetically? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow, uh, that is so cool. Um. They don't. They don't come out very often, but uh, I've had them for. Yeah, I think I've had them for like three years now. I just haven't used them a whole lot. Um, but you know, they're they're also contact safe. Instead of a like a golf club, they've got like a graphite core, I think. Um, or, and they have or, some super cool detailing on them. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the the guy that made them is an absolute artist um, from. Uh, and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll send you the, the details on those. But they're, okay. they're super pretty. Um, and because they're not, they're not as, uh, as soft when they hit you, so you want to make sure that, like, you know, you're not swinging for the fences. Yeah. Um, but the, the default one that I, I make and make sure that everybody has available, mm-hmm. um, because, like, going out to a Dystopia Rising event... Um, you're going to want to have all the stuff you need for a camp, uh, like a sleepover at camp, right. and also like a pair, of, a set of clothes. You're okay getting messed up, mm-hmm. and like don't worry about like the weapon side of things because we've got that covered. Um, I remember one of like my first uh, attempt to mm-hmm. make a like all these uh, buffer weapons, um, a foam buffer weapon was unpleasant. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I didn't, I didn't. It was not great, and I yeah. know that everybody's first attempt at something is not great. Right. Um, but it was kind of, you know, it was frustrating. It was a little discouraging. So I wanted to take that 
barrier away from people mm-hmm. so that it'd be a little easier to come out and, you know, um, way back in the day when we first started, it's like, bring all your stuff, you yeah. know, even the weapon. And that can be a little intimidating. Yeah. So, so how long ago did it start? Uh, so originally, it's a, it's about 10 years ago, and it okay. originally got started in New Jersey. That's okay. where the first uh, Dystopia Rising game mm-hmm. started. Um, and uh, the lore is that uh, it was designed to be more accessible than your your standard LARP because most LARP at the time was fantasy based. Mm-hmm. So, like the the pool noodle sword, that's that was you know you could you could make that, but then you'd have to have like a tabard and a you know and a, and a leather belt and all these yeah. other like you know fantasy fantasy garb, mm-hmm. and that's hard for some people to acquire. Mm-hmm. But for still be rising, you can just take the stuff in your closet that you're not allowed to wear out in public anymore because it's got too many holes in it. Yeah, and just bring that. Okay. Um, so the game itself is about ten years old. Um, might be nine. Mm, we'll see. Um, but Oklahoma just finished its third season. Okay. So we're a little older than three because we like started okay. up and did our initial recruiting. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's. It's it's been a wild ride so far. Yeah, it's so cool. Like I I've looked at I obviously like I follow the Instagram and everything, and um, there's some more content on the Instagram of like making different things for like props for the game, which is really cool content. Especially like even for someone who's not like has never done the live action role right. playing stuff, it was cool for me to see like that making that stuff. It's, I mean, it's cool. Yeah, like, I, I like stuff like that. So. That was neat. Um, and there's also, there's some stuff on the Instagram that's like, it definitely has made me where I'm like, I want to play this because there are like questions about what you would do in the game and like right. stuff like that. And I'm like, hmm, what would I do? <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> so. And that's, you know, the the game that we like to put out to people is all about choices. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes... Sometimes they're, you know, sometimes they're, they're hard moral quandaries, you know, do you, who, what, what faction do you back? Um, you know, which, which people do you save? It's, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's kind of like getting to live out the, the trolley problem, you know, it's, do you, do you pull the switch and, you know, uh, hit one person or let the five people go? Mm -hmm. And, you know, they answer those problems every event. So, um, is it all ages? It's 16 and up. 16 and up, okay. I can see how that could be a really good thing for younger people, especially, like, that That seems like a really yeah, good yeah. socialization and, like, stuff like that. I mean, it seems like a good thing. Yeah, our, our community is absolutely wonderful, and that's mm-hmm. one of the things that kind of, if if I've had, like, a long week or I've been, or our, our team has been working through a lot of story and we're like, ah, like, you can always kind of look back out to the community and mm-hmm. see, like, uh, very often after events, there'll be, like, achievement post, and they'll talk about all the stuff that they did. Yeah. And it's not them bragging on themselves. Right. It is other people bragging on them. That's cool. And it's, like, it's it's heartwarming, really. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's... That is, yeah. So, that is so cool. I'm, like... I definitely want to come check it out. Absolutely. Actually. You're yeah. come on out okay. and uh, you know, I'll uh, I'll see what I can do. Maybe I'll, uh, I'll I'll try and swing your listeners a discount code or something. That would be awesome. Yeah. Did you guys hear that? That would be awesome. Um, yeah. So, I think that that's I, I guess we can wrap it up for today. 
I'm so glad that you came all the way here to do this today. I'm yeah. so grateful. Like, this was great. You were awesome. I hope you come <laughs> back and do it again. Absolutely. We okay. can we can figure out things to talk about. Okay, awesome. Perfect. Um, do you want to plug the Instagram and the website? Sure, and absolutely. All that? So uh, we are Dystopia Rising, Oklahoma, and you can find us across the internet. Our, we have our Facebook page, which is Dystopia Rising, Oklahoma. Um, we have a, a Facebook group that you can find. Um and our Instagram is at Dystopia Rising Oklahoma. And, uh, oh, and the webpage, which is dystopiarisingok.com. Didn't get the full Oklahoma in oh, that man. one. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'd, uh, you know, thank you so much for having yeah, me course, out. And we course. would love to see you all in the wasteland. Yes. All right. Well, um, I don't have really have anything for you guys other than follow the Instagram at Irioki and the Facebook page is the same. Um, and I'm doing a thing now where I'm posting some of my writing stuff on at Irioki Press on Instagram. So follow that if you want to see what I'm up to. So that's about it. Stay spooky.